0: Hey folks, it's your pal Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com and Twitter.com slash SlyFlourish here with another episode of SlyFlourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my D&D game. In this case, I am running a homebrew Eberron campaign that I'm calling The Second Morning. This show, like all of the work here at Sly Flourish, is thanks to the supporters of Sly Flourish, the patrons of Sly Flourish, at patreon.com slash slyflourish. If you want to help me uh, keep shows like this going and keep the website going and help pay for the bandwidth costs and all of the other odds and ends, the cost of equipment and all that kind of stuff, you can help out by supporting Sly Flourish on Patreon at patreon.com slash slyflourish. You'll get access to a uh, monthly newsletter uh, that shows all of the different things we've made here at Sly Flourish. You will also get access to a, a... exclusive adventure called regnum ratus the rats in the cellar and you'll get uh access to a dedicated patreon channel uh a a dedicated channel on discord just for patrons of life flourish and little odds and ends too you get access to all of my campaign notebooks and things like that that i'm keeping here in notion and i have some plans for things that i'd like to do in the future too so there's uh it's a but but most of all beyond all the stuff you get for backing me on for, for Becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. You are helping everyone else get the kind of stuff that I'm producing here. So, thank you very much to those of you who are, in fact, uh, patrons of Sly Flourish. So, yes, uh, what have we done? <clears throat> so much. So, last week, uh, my group was going through uh, the a dungeon, kind of. It was the, the crypts of. One of the noble houses, uh, House Civis, I think it was. Oh man, you know I should know this stuff, right? I'm running, I'm running games. I should know what's going on in them. Uh, let's take a look at our notes from last week. We'll go down to okay. So one, one question. What, what is this crazy thing over here on the left? This is Notion. Uh, Notion is a web-based digital notebook where you can store all kinds of stuff. It's sort of like OneNote. Uh, it has a couple of features that I kind of prefer over OneNote. So I'm using it over OneNote. If you're using OneNote, OneNote is very cool. I actually like OneNote a lot. I built a prototype, uh, version of this in OneNote just to see if it could be done and it can, and it's really cool, but there's little like stupid things that I'm like, "Ah, I don't like in OneNote. One feature that OneNote has over Notion that makes it, superior, pretty, pretty, it's a pretty big thing is that you can run OneNote offline and you cannot run notion offline. And that's a real problem if you ask me. So that's something I don't know if I would have been as eager to use notion as I am now, knowing that you couldn't use it offline. The good news is all of my games are online, which means I'm online if I'm playing D and D period. So there's almost no period in my life where I'm not online. Uh, but I would sure like to have the option to run it offline. It's something notions working on and, you know, but they've been working on for a long time and haven't yet. So we'll see. Uh, if that became a problem, I would probably switch over to OneNote. And who knows, maybe one day I will. But right now I'm using Notion. Uh, notion.so is the URL. Uh, I have a couple other videos, and I posted an article on SlyFlourish.com about how to use Notion. So let's take a look at that. I think I just posted it this week. Yeah, using Notion for lazy D&D campaign planning. I will paste it in the Twitch channel for those of you who are in Twitch. Uh, it will also be linked in the show notes on YouTube if you want to take a look at it there. And uh, this is a big guide about how I use notion for uh doing lazy dm campaign planning which includes the lazy dm notion campaign template which is right over here uh if i go in here this right here is the lazy template this is what you would get if you uh if you move it over and you can see all your stuff you've got characters and you've got villains uh you've got all kinds of stuff in here uh this is all set up all you have to do is duplicate this and then you have your own notebook hey my mom is here everybody wish my mom a happy birthday it was her birthday yesterday happy birthday mom thank you for coming hanging out and talk about DD. uh so yeah you can duplicate the lazy campaign template uh and make your own campaign notebook and then tune it the way you like it and then um uh, then copy that one, duplicate that one. And then you have one that you use for your, for your dedicated campaign. So, uh, it's a real handy, it's a real handy thing. And I really like, that's a feature of notion. I don't know if you can really do in one note. I don't know if you could just say, here's a whole one note template. Somebody who uses one note, I would, I would love to know if you can create like a one note template and then say, everybody uses template. But notion has some really great features that I really like. Notion was one of those tools that I used where it was a delight to use it. It was, it was, Fun to find new things that could that it could do. Um, very rarely did I struggle with something that. Uh, I, I, I just couldn't figure out it, it had the fewest number of problems where I was like, Oh, what a pain. Like one thing I don't like in, in OneNote, not to sit here complaining about OneNote the whole time, but like on a mobile. So OneNote puts everything in paragraphs and the paragraph has a horizontal size. So you can grab the bar and kind of, that way you can place like a bunch of paragraphs on a page anywhere you want. But then when you view them on mobile, it adds a horizontal scroll to every page. So you got this, sometimes your text will be off the edge of the screen. You got to scroll, which means, and you can't change the size on your phone, you instead have to go onto the web version or the, the local version and then narrow it down to roughly phone sized, and then it looks okay. And that's just, that's just weird. The, the idea, Microsoft has a fascination with how things look on a screen. And they want it sort of, instead of being flexible for different screens and offering flexibility by you know things like Markdown and HTML, they use fonts and, and fixed font sizes and fixed font point sizes. Well, guess what? looking at a 12 point Calibri font on a screen that's, you know, 20 inches big, isn't the same as looking at one that's five inches big and it doesn't flex well. So anyway, because of its focus on Markdown and HTML, uh, I really like notion. I'm really happy with it. And it's got a lot of cool features. So if you wonder what I'm using here, it's notion. Uh, so look at old adventures. Cause I was trying to figure out. So I have my list of, um, man, it bugs me that this one isn't named the same way as everything else. So it's date Sunday everon. Okay, so we're going to rename this to 3-June-2020-Sunday-Everon. Wednesday-Everon. All right, and that way they all look the same because it drives me crazy when they don't look the same. right? Yay, they all look the same now. I'm so happy. So uh, we go to our last Sunday game. So this is the old Adventures Archive, right? And this one has all the notes for all previous adventures. And we're going to look at 5-June-2020, which was last week and they went to lots of secrets here so which secrets did they learn that'd be a, that'd be a cool one to go through uh, uh, house civis was the name of the house that they went to so um that's cool and what did they learn there so did they learn that levo scala is leaving no they did not so that's important Z's father vista had the words unlocked the deca the decahedron uh we did learn that it's actually changed from that Do, uh, lord crash wants the word so you can use it to get into the lady skull trade with him that didn't come out but lord crash is dead so it doesn't really matter now lord crash is shift's brother yes we learned that lord crash's mother is lady omarro yes we learned that the drum is led by the sisters, daughters of sorakal and that uh, they have their own massive dragon shard. no that didn't learn that the dark deco is a compass for climb we did learn that Claw Rift is the central tower in the center of a ruined city of Making and the Glass Plateau. I think they learned that. I don't know. We probably do that again. The Dicahedron De- can only be used in Karshak the Lightning Rail. They did not learn that. These are some good secrets, by the way, that I need, I need to throw in the new one. Uh, Zarantir's father is working with Leto Skull. Zarentir's father is working with Leto Skull as an Orr member. No, we don't know that. Uh, so anyway, they were in ha- the House Civis tombs, and they were facing off against... Um, Lord Crash, the head of the Emerald Claw in Sharn. Lord Crash has been on the defensive, you know, he's one of the groups. The Emerald Claw is one of the groups that's trying to get the the the, the weapon of mourning. Um The database linking and tags help a lot in Notion. Yeah, the database I use database cards a lot in Notion. It works really well. Um So uh Lord Crash wanted to get the Weapon of Mourning himself. So if you want to know like what the Weapon of Mourning is, you could just basically think of it like a, like a nuclear bomb. Everyone's trying to get the bomb. Um, this, this whole campaign is a very Cold War campaign, right? Different groups are all trying to get it, and the groups are coming up. And you've got independent, independent actors like the Emerald Claw and Leto Skull, and then you have state actors like the Droam and Breland and other groups that are also trying to get it. So that hasn't really come up that the state actors are trying to – get a hold of, of, you know, the weapon of mourning, but they, um, but they're there. Dharam in particular is going to be a big one. So, um, the Emerald Claw was hoping to use it to blow up Sharn, uh, but they just, they never got anything that they needed. They never got the book of, the book, of, or the Toma Colseer, which is the, the book of spells that enables one to activate the bomb. They never got the giant Everon shard that was going to blow up. Leto Skull probably lied to them and said he was going to give it to him. And then, you know, Ooh, that's a good secret, man. I need to, you know hang on a sec. Let me keep these. And then we'll we'll add these to some secrets. So I need to create a new template for today. So we go to our session planning template and we go to duplicate and we drag it up to the top because it's today's notes and we'll open it. And we, uh, it today is the 12th. Give it a nice title uh so and then so uh this template that i just created is the actual session notes for the day and it links to a lot of the other stuff inside the notebook uh so for example when we review the char- we'll review the characters in a minute but i got secrets in my head that need to come out um but it has all the eight steps these are all the eight steps from return of the lazy dungeon master sitting right in here uh so what was that secret um that Lord uh Lido skull and we use the, uh, at sign to link to cards. Uh, Lido skull lied to Lord, the Lord crash told him that he would give him massive Leto skull lied to Lord crash and told him that he would, uh, give him the, uh, they would give crash uh, the massive Eberron shard that he had. And that is one of the ways that the two of them work. So that's a that's an interesting uh, uh, way that this worked out. Um, what else? So we now know that Lady Illamaro is the mother of, the, the pseudo-mother, the creation, the creator of uh, Shift. Uh, that Shift was actually, has undead pieces in her. She's a mixture of Warforged and undead. And uh, the undead pieces came from uh, uh, Karnath, or not Karnath from uh, what they call Car- Karnath this, the nation of Karnath as a treaty between Breland and Karnath uh, they, they were trying to figure out if they could build a mixture of warforged and undead people and, and they made two and they stopped making them and the two were uh, Shift and uh, Crash were the two and they are brother and sister, Crash is now dead Shift killed Crash um, and now Crash is dead However, uh Crash's personality um, lies in a sliver of imprinted kyber crystal. So and um I think that the that could be uh the kyber crystal uh could be drawn into um Lack? Can be drawn into Lack. What is Lack? Lack is a sentient crystal ball of malevolence that's formed from the Dreaming Dark in the world of Dalcor. Man, I'm getting good at the Eberron lore. <laughs> I could spit all that out of the top of my head. I really dig Eberron. Like, I could definitely... You know, I, I kind of envision these like parallel universes where I'm running different kinds of games. In one in one parallel universe, I'm playing Numenera all the time, and I love it. And uh, you know, I've long since thrown away D and D, and I'm just it, I'm all about the Ninth World running everyone because i are running Numenera because I love Numenera, but I don't get a chance to play it. In another dark and twisted world, a world where that's on fire with murder in the streets. Not so far from where I got Uh, we have, I'm playing nothing but shadow of the demon Lord all the time. And I'm wearing like, my hair's dyed black and I'm very angry all the time. Listening to a lot of, you know, dark, what do they call it? Black metal. And, uh, and then in this world, I'm running my D and D games. Very happy. And then, uh, but then there's another world where like fork off from here, where I just, I want to become like an Eberron Lord dude. And I'm going to go off. Uh, so, and one of the things I'm really excited about get talking about Eberron lore is a book that Keith Baker. So Keith Baker is the original author of Eberron. He's the original creator of, of Eberron. And he was a co author on the most recent book, but he also had a lot of stuff about Eberron that wasn't in that book. And he is putting a new book out called exploring Eberron that will be available on the DMs guild and maybe the biggest DMs guild product ever. Um, the long awaited exploring everyone. He's been working on it a long time, but it's coming out this month. And I, I think what he said is that, um, that he, um, uh, I think he said that he's, uh, uh, it's already with the guild and they're just getting it like wired into the DMs guild. So it could be any time I did ask him for a preview copy. And he did say that he might be able to send one my way. So I might, I'm hoping I told him like, I'm buying it no matter what, like I'll buy, I'll buy both copies. So it ain't. I think because I want it for free. It's because I want it early. Because I want it right now. I'm running Eberron right now, and I want to use more lore. Because um, I feel like I'm. You know, one of the things I did is I really. You know, I've got the Eberron book right here. You know, in, with my fancy collector cover, and uh, I, f- I'm, I'm really trying to squeeze like every ounce out of that book that I can. I'm running it in the places that it's, it, it where the book focused, and I'm, I i do not feel like I'm hitting the end exactly, but I feel like the end is in sight. Where like eventually I'm gonna have thrown out every little bit of lore about eberron that i could have and i need another book with more stuff that could definitely go back to the old books and do it but i kind of want you know something that knows what this book has and sort of builds off of that and i think you know i think that that will will have it so uh oh there's a podcast called the manifest Son says he's not your problem uh i haven't checked that out it, it might be a cool eberron lore podcast would be very cool so I could definitely see, like, a world where I just play Eberron all the time, right? Where it's, like, Eberron is a kind of a neat, fresh fantasy setting. It's different than all your traditional fantasy settings. It's built on popular fiction rather than historical fiction. Uh, the way it handles a lot of things is 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 pretty great. So uh, I really dig it, and I could see kind of getting into it a lot and, and just you know, building a go in the Lazar I I ran a campaign in the the Lazar principalities. You could have a whole Zendrek campaign. You could have a whole Argoness campaign. There's all like every continent you could have like a big campaign. So very cool. Uh so the crystal uh, imprint can be drawn into LAC uh, or into um um shifts or into shift directly so uh, Lord Crash is dead, but his memories and his personality are implanted on a, uh, Kyber crystal. And that crystal could either be, like, you can, you can show the crystal to Lack and Lack will kind of draw it in and build an imprint. And that's pretty safe because Lack is way more powerful than Lord Crash is. Another alternative is taking it and implanting it into Shift so that Shift now has Lord Crash's personality. The trick there is that Shift and Lord Crash, uh, Shift and Crash are, are siblings. Crash could potentially take over. Right, probably not. I don't think I'd do that. But but it, there's a potential that like it's it's risky, right? And and Lord and Crash could try to like you know at the right moment sort of slam a, you know, like a psychic attack on on Shift and try to take over to you know set off a bomb or do something terrible. So um, that could be uh, uh, that could be a really kind of fun thing. Uh, what else? Uh, Lido Skull. Uh, is leaving aboard the oh and we had a name for the ship oh what was the name let's go to let 's bring up another notebook here um, uh that way I have sort of a separate one so locations I think we had a uh an airship man, this is why this' trying to get the so we we decided that if we do small. Um small icons, it works better, right? So click on here, and we say properties, uh, and we do card size small. There we go. Look at that. Now I got multiple ones per column. Um so there is an airship. The gold bright is the airship of uh the night sky. Perfect. Look at that thing. That thing's awesome. Thank you, Snark Knight. You posted in there, but I was already thinking about it. Uh uh the night sky and roaring into the mornland um uh the mornland uh obeys no standards for navigation Uh, there's no way to map it, and you'll often fly in and find yourself somewhere completely different. So what that means is, if Lord Crash makes it to yeah, reminiscent of Avernus, it's it's not mappable, Uh exactly. And and there's a there's a yeah, it's kind of a little secret plot reason, which is I sort of want to separate Lord uh, separate Ludo Skull from the group. Uh, if he makes it there and then that way they know they have to have, you know, you can't just fly in and chase him the whole time and go right to the places. There's, there's going to be, there's tricky bits about finding their way, you know, they're f- finding their way to uh, the the glass plateau. Uh, only car shack. Uh, uh, only car shack, the lightning rail can travel to, uh to, Uh, to making in the glass plateau and only with the uh compass that um chi has uh what else Oh, I think so one thing that happened in the last game is that chi's father that uh lord crash had drawn the word out of cheese father and then destroyed the skull that he got it from and i think it's drawn and i think that i think you know they're they're thinking of like using a speak with dead but i think like the word is is you know the word's not there anymore that part of the necromancy um only so this is kind of a fun bit right only lord crash you know, you you make things hard for people, right? On purpose. Only Lord Crash knows uh, the word to open the dodecahedron. Open cheese. Um, I can't spell dodecahedron. Oh, I'm terrible. That's how you spell it. Um, and it's it's it is yeah, I guess it's dodecahedron. Um, how is that misspelled? This, this thing doesn't know how to spell dodecahedron either. Um so now they gotta kind of negotiate with Lord Crash, right? So what does Lord Crash want? Lord Crash says I will only give you the dodecahedron. I will only give you the um I will only give you the word if you imprint me in um shift. Eh, is that right? Because he's thinking like I, you know. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess either way they're going to get the word from Lord Crash. Uh, Snark Knight says, I respect finding, finding a way to make sure the train encounter happens. Yeah, it's a little railroady, but, you know, I don't know. Whatever. It's far enough and fuzzy enough that it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I don't know. It's not the end of the world. Um, What else? So, um. Oh, I like the one that's, uh, uh, who's the character? I think characters, Sunday characters. Why don't we review the characters since we're over here? Uh, go away, menu. So our character, Zarentir. So Zarentir Delander uh, is, the, uh, is a son of a uh, silver ring-wearing member of the Orem uh, who is also working with Leto Skull. And has the gold bright airship. And zarantir stole the keys to the gold bright airship. Uh, so one of the things I want to do today is find airship maps. Um, the uh, zarantir's Yeah, so that's, that's kind of a secret, right? Let's drop that in there. Zarantir's father uh, is working with Leto with Skull. You're doing a lot of linking. I don't know if you need to do this much linking. Uh, to make the Orem an all-powerful nation state. He wants to turn the Orem into a nation by giving them a weapon. That's what... So Leto just lies to everybody, right? He's lying, lying, lying. And which one's true, who knows? He lied to the Droam saying that he would get the weapon for, on behalf of the Droam. Uh, he, um, every noun is a link, I guess. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, so he lied to the Emerald Claw saying, I'll get you the weapon and you can blow up Sharn. He lied to the Aurum by saying, I'm going to get you the weapons so that you guys can become a nation state. He lied to the draw. saying the exact same thing. And who knows what he actually wants to do. He probably just wants it for himself, right? He's like, I'll just be a powerful guy on my own. Yeah, the Orem says that, but they don't want to run schools in healthcare. That's really true. They'll more they'll more become like a like the Illuminati, right? They'll they'll want to control everything and they'll have a weapon that means they're unstoppable. They can they can do what they want and they can leave healthcare to the bureaucrats. And then, you know, they'll just do fun things. I don't know. Um good secrets today. So what other since I'm here, uh hey Think DM is here. Hi ThinkDM. Um what other uh What other secrets do we have? It's always the final three secrets, they're always the big ones. So so let's let's go back to our characters since we're reviewing the characters. Uh Saber. Oh yeah. So yeah, I got one. As soon as I look at Saber. Uh so Saber is a um monk of the four winds and is a member of a shifter group of monks that they're the monks of the four winds. Uh they're out of uh what's what location? Uh from the Eldine Reaches. And uh, they are trying to fulfill the Draconic Prophecy. Uh, I don't know what that means yet or how that works. But I like the idea that they, they, the Order of the Four Winds uh, has a monastery that exists in Dalcor, uh, a dream state. So that, that's a cool one. Um, what else? Uh, Krom laughs at your four wins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the do that spelling, spelling anymore. Uh, so that, yeah, let's go back to the character. So um, I don't know what's going on with that. And I would like, I'd like to have an NPC. I'd like to make an NPC uh, another shifter monk who's like the you know, the, 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 the sensei of this, of this monastery that the teacher of this monastery and, um, can kind of guide, uh, you know, follower of Balinor and can guide, um, can guide, uh, Saber. So we'll have to think about that. Um, get rid of that too. Uh, that, when I go into NPCs, it might be something to work on today. We'll put book, bookmark that in the NPCs. Um, my review, of the NPCs template is not great. Like, yeah, I know to review the NPCs, but this needs to be a list item. I should fix this in the template. Turn into bulleted list. Um, uh, so that goes, uh, Uh even, uh, uh even steven says hi Sly, so i'm new to your video new to your chap and out your videos have purchased and used to uh, return of the lazy dungeon master great success yeah thank you and uh, a lot of inspiration for my game of water deep dragon heist great i don't know if you saw the articles i wrote about water deep dragon heist but i wrote a whole bunch of articles about water deep dragon heist if you're if you're interested uh over on Sly Flourish. if you go to Sly Flourish and start here and then scroll to the bottom there's a bunch of lists of adventure write-ups and one of them was water deep dragon heist which i talked a lot about on this show I have lots of thoughts about it. And it's a good adventure. It's fun. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things, but there's a lot of fun ways to, to run it. So, thank you. I'm glad it worked for you. Um, yeah, so I want to do Saber's Teacher. So, what else? we have any other? Let's finish our characters. Sometimes when you're reviewing the characters, it results in secrets. That works out. Uh, boy, a lot about Shift. You know, I think I talked about Shift already. Uh, Shane Husk. Is there any kind of fun Shane Husk stuff? Um, I still like the idea that Shane Husk's ancestor... Uh. Who was once a ruler in Old Charn? You know, I think that could be cool. Um, uh, Shane Husk already has a lot going on with the whole author stuff, um, but that can work, so we'll we'll put that in there. So, Shane Husk is a novelist, a hobgoblin wizard novelist, um uh and also apparently an heir to uh a a goblin empire. And Banner is a warforged uh follower of the becoming god and works with a group called the Godforged who are looking to try to build a god. I think that um let's see, Karshak uh is a warforged and is worshipped by followers, by a sect of the uh, God-forged who think thinks he is a god. They are a god. Um... Yeah, so this follows that Blaine the Mono thing. So I'm reading a lot of Dark Tower these days. Love it. I was actually just listening to the audiobook of the final book. I've written, read eight books now. It's my third time through. And uh, love that series. And uh, so Karshak the Lightning Rail is built directly off of Blaine the Mono from Wastelands. And um, uh, yeah, RSR says, Karshak is the crazy train you wanted earlier. Yeah, so it's a warforged, it's a war-forged rail that has, you know, is super, super smart and also insane. And, um, or, you know, and I don't know what it wants. I think it probably wants destruction of the world too, right? It's like the, 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 the you know, and I don't know, we'll see, but yeah. Uh, but I like the idea. There is a group of, um, in, in, a, in, a, in the Stephen King story, there's a city called Ludd, which is kind of what I'm going to build. Um, I think it's Methus. So this is probably a secret. I got an extra secret today. Uh, which one I always get the towns mixed up. Uh, there's two cities. And uh Karshak the lightning rail is in uh, Metrol. So Metrol um uh so I think I should put that Karshak is Oh look I don't even have notes. Uh in Metrol. Uh there was a um, it had a mate. It had another rail that was built at the same time. Um, I'm not sure what it's called, though. I need a cool name. I guess what are my names. I can always get a cool name. A cool name for the mate of Karshak. Um, uh, let's see if any of these jump out of me. Fixero, mm. my Mycenta. That's pretty cool. And Mycenta was destroyed. And ever since Mycenta was destroyed, Karshak has been in mourning and uh, suicidal. But it also maybe has a piece. God, man. Some days the fingers ain't working. Um, So Karshak has a piece of the Draconic Prophecy in their mind. Uh, And it's driven them mad. Could be kind of a fun bit. Uh, So, oops, I guess I'd go over here. So I don't really... Oh, Car Shack is located in Metro. It was... uh, Um... Carshack Lightning Rail is located in Metrol, and Metrol is uh, basically like a war zone now. Between all kinds of different, you know. The Lord of Blades is there. The Emerald Claw is there. Uh, Cultist... and the Cult of the Dragon Below. Uh, and I think probably um Independent of the Dask. So, boy, we can fill Metro with all kinds of stuff. Uh, I suppose that's a secret. That's a secret, and I probably should grab that and put it in the locations for Metro. So I'm building things out, right? You can see that, like, I'm starting to, you know, expand beyond because we're going to hit a new uh uh I gotta put it here I guess. Whoops, didn't mean to do that. Uh just delete. Um yeah, so I'm starting to like expand it out, and I know that they're going to be heading into uh, the Mornland sometime, and I want to sort of lay the foundation for that. I think a lot of like prepping a D and D game is thinking two. This is a thought I've had for a while now, and maybe it's a sign, something, an article I should write about thinking two horizons out. You want to think as far as the characters can see, and then basically one horizon out from there. So you want to be just, just you know, one full step out. From wherever the characters are going, which if you think about it mathematically, if you imagine it's like a circle, you know, bang, well, going one horizon out, the area that you have to fill out if you go one horizon out is pretty big. I think I've seen something where people were talking about like building a couple hexes out, like building three hexes out, that essentially you have whatever in the hex that the characters are in, and then all the hexes that are around, and that 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 kind of is a is not a bad way of thinking. Like, but I, I think a hex has like six points, right? Um. So in theory, if imagine you were thinking about it hex in a, in a as a hex, you have you need to know everything that in the hex that the characters are in now. That's like your main city that they're in and what's around there. But if you go one hex out, that's six additional hexes you got to fill out because you don't know which one of the six ways they're going to go, and that can be quite a bit. So I think people were talking about three, you know, hexagons have twenty sides. I don't think that's right. Um, I think a hex has six sides, right? Somebody help me with that. So, um, the, yeah, so I think, I think the idea of like three hexes out, you don't have to know what's on all sides, but you want to have three sides that the characters could go hex equals six. Yeah. So, um, you, it's not all right. Hor- if you think about it literally, it's not a, it's not a 360 degree horizon. Oh, major victory says he's kidding. You threw me off there, man. It's early. Um, so I think the idea of like knowing the three area, and this this follows that like the rule of three and the three plus infinite options. That was another thing I've talked about on Sly Flourish before. Like, when it, whenever the characters sort of are at a at, at a point where they can you know sort of go different directions in a sandboxy world, I think a good way of treating a sandbox is to have the, what I call three plus infinite options, and that's three options that you provide: three major places you can go here, here, or here, or anything else that you guys decide. And then the players have the option of saying, you know, there was that other place that we hadn't really investigated yet. And and there wasn't one of these three. Maybe we want to check those. Um, so, you know, three options is small enough that you can usually get consensus about where to go. But then you, you don't want to limit them either. So. So that idea of thinking one horizon out or two horizons out, mean, you think about where they are now, what's going on right away. But then you also think, like, where, what are the three possible directions they could be heading into the future? Am I, am I prepared enough to at least offer the option for that? And then when you break that down into actually building an adventure, building a session of your game, you say, I need everything that's going to happen in today's session. And then, ideally, at the end of the session, I want to say, what are the possible three options that you, you know, here, here are some paths that you guys can take. Uh, at that point. Now, you, always, you don't always have that where like, they've made a choice about the way things are going to go, and they're going to go that way. And sometimes you railroad them. Today, I'm going to be doing a little bit of railroading, I think. Uh, and let's talk about that right now when I go to scenes. So I'm good on secrets. Secrets are the hard part, and I got the secrets. But I got some other tricky things that I'm going to do today. Uh, decide, so the strong start is um, car shacks. I keep doing... you know, Or not Crash. Lord crashes um kyber crystal uh where do you put it uh the word for the dodecahedron the oh i didn't i didn't uh is only in crashes memory so that's kind of the strong start um you know they're in the place they're they're down underground they can decide what to do and then where do they go so um uh the scenes are lord crash's memory so i don't really have like a strong start from like the other ones of like something blows up um uh i think they go back to um, – uh, I think they go back to uh, their curio shop. Um, so what's the name of the curio shop? I suck. I have too many adventures in my head these days. You know, I've run four D&D games in four days. Today's my fourth day running a D&D game straight. Um uh, it's not Blood Like Ice. Cafe Obscura. Uh and Cavella's there. So there's all the news about what happened when they returned. And by the way, Leto Skull is leaving and I'm not going after him. Maybe they can offer I don't know if they can offer anything, but I think they've lost enough and they have to go underground. Um Uh, so the uh Goldbright heist is is up and then the uh Goldbright versus Knights um Goldbright and uh, so this is going to be probably a couple of sessions I expect of um the the Goldright versus the Night Sky. Um and then we get into act 2. Uh So, yeah. Um, so this is, this is big so what's going to happen is they're going to start off they've got to figure out what to do with Lord Crash's memory do they give it to, they put it inside shift or do they put it inside lack uh, then they return to the Cafe Obscura Cavella tells them all about what happened in the war between uh, Valentine Flame Touched who's still alive and uh, uh, Valentine Flame Touched and um, uh, Triss who was killed and that the book is gone, and that now Lido Skal has both the book and the uh, crystal, and he's leaving town. He's getting out of. He's getting out of. Um, uh, he's getting out of Sharn, but he does not know the location of the Glass Plateau, so he can't get to the place to actually do all of this yet. That's what he's he's going to be working on that off screen, I think, for a while. Uh, but if they want to stop him they can grab the goldbrite you know steal the gold bright and chase the night sky and maybe stop him and and they might actually stop him they might i it's not it's not a foregone conclusion that um go that that he gets away uh instead the foregone conclusion it, 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 either they could stop him they could they could destroy the airship they could you know blow it up and and or do something or steal the crystal or whatever uh, and stop Leto Skull, uh, or Leto going to get away, right? And and I would probably give it probably, you know, four fifths likelihood that they'll stop him somehow. Smart players are smart and they'll figure a way out. I doubt he'll just completely get away in the night sky, but it's also possible that they don't get the goldbrite in time and they're not able to catch up, and then he disappears in the Mornland. Uh, so those are those are options. Um, I think that um, there's time for some side quests. They really want to go down into uh old Sharn, and I don't wanna I don't wanna push that aside. So uh that could be. So location wise, we have the Goldbright. Um we have uh night sky. Uh Night Sky. How do you deal with foregone conclusions? Do you put any in? I try not to. Um, I don't, so I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard, uh, with this campaign campaign's been going on. I don't know. I don't know how many weeks it's been going on long time. Um, and I'm trying really hard to go with the idea of like, there are situations that exist and then there are. Uh, villains that are chasing these situations or actors who are chasing these situations, and then the characters are getting involved and doing things. And all of these things relate. So last, I think the week before last, or was it last week? No, it was week before last, on this very show, uh, I had a off-screen battle between Leto Skull and the the Dask. And it was a big street fight between the two that that culminated in who was going to have... Uh, the book the tome of colseer a book of dark magic that the giants had that they got from the uh the, the from dalcor the dream the dreaming world and from the dragon magic so it's like three types of magic all in there that probably was the magic that you would need to to fuel a weapon as powerful as the weapon of morning and the book was in the possession of a dask courier and lido skal was sending his guys to go find it and i rolled dice on this table to figure out who won and I would change the story based on that die roll. And I did, and it was fun to figure out that like the whole story, you know, the like massive pivot in the whole story occurs because of a die roll. And that's sort of a way to, to ensure that I am not pushing a single story. The story is happening. The story is evolving and all I know are what the characters are doing. So in this circumstance, I know I have a general idea, but I don't prep too far, right? I have a general idea that what would happen if Leto Skull gets away with the book and the crystal. Like, that's a big deal. He still doesn't have the third leg that he needs, which is the location. And the characters probably will. But they could stop him. And if they do, then Leto Skull, they'll probably kill him or he gets away or something. I don't know. You know, but if they stop him, that's another angle on the story. And the story changes at that point. Different groups are going to be at play um likewise uh if the dask had gotten a hold of something that would change things right like if if they had won and the book went to the daughters of sorakel well now the draw on becomes another problem so there's always ways to shift it around but i think um one a, 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 an important thing about not drawing foregone conclusions is that um you don't want to. You don't want it to be all or nothing. You know, I, I talked about like the all or nothing collection quest, and the idea is like a very common scenario. Think about like Harry Potter and the um, uh, what do they call? The 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 Horcruxes, right? That like you don't want to have a situation. If you imagine that story, and imagine you're running that as a D and D campaign, um, and you 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 have to go hunt down the seven phylacteries of a very powerful lich well are you is the story over if they only get one right like if if you know or or do they have to get all seven and the hard part is like what if they only get five right like what if you know like what if voldemort said you know what i'm gonna go to the to a small cave with with nagini and i'm going to teleport nagini to france right into a little vault in France full of mice. And I'm going to leave Nagini in there for, you know, a few weeks. And then I'm going to go back to, to Hogwarts and I'm going to go beat the crap out of everybody there, right? And they're not going to be able to kill me because I got Nagini hidden away, right? So it was really convenient that Nagini happened to be there at the fight, you know. Um, Mike, no one can leave Britain. <laughs> um, you know... You, you, you don't want to have a situation where you have to have all, all or nothing. You want to, you know, it, it works better. Like I ran a Dark Sun, I figured this out a long time ago when I was running a Dark Sun campaign and they were trying to resurrect Callus, uh, the dragon, the, 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 the dragon sorcerer, a very powerful dragon sorcerer. It was like a ruler over the city of Tyr, I think. And a group, a cult, the cult of Callus was trying to bring him back and the party was trying to stop the cult from bringing him back. And the result was, like, the, 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 there was a whole bunch of artifacts that they were trying to collect in order to resurrect Callus. But there were lots of them. And they only needed so many to be able to do it. And they, there were certain ones that they preferred over others. And Callus wouldn't be as powerful if he had certain items uh, or didn't. So the party was making progress in making, it, making less, you know less powerful. But they couldn't stop him from coming back until they actually faced him, and if they had screwed up, he would have been a lot more powerful when they tried to face him and probably would have won so uh yeah the, the you want to avoid in that question of how do you deal with foregone conclusions um you you I'm, I'm picking one particular type which is sort of the the like the quests of you know do the do the five things you don't want to make all five things required either way you don't want the villain to be totally screwed if they don't get everything. And this one is a good example. Like is Lido skull totally screwed because he doesn't have the location of of, uh, Metro and, or, uh, uh, or he doesn't know where the glass plateau is where he has to build a weapon. No, he'll find another way to get there. He's just going to fly into the Mornland and wander around for a while. And it might take him a long time to find it, but uh, you know, he's a smart guy. He'll figure it out. He'll, 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 he'll find some other way to do it. And likewise, you don't want the characters to be totally screwed because, um, you know they don't have it either, right? So there, you you kind of have multiple paths towards a, an issue, but you don't want them to have to be meaningless either. You don't want to like, yeah, you got to collect three things, but there's 50 things, and all you need are three. You know, yeah, the Orum is very resourceful. Like the Orum might do it. I think he's going to probably break away from the Orum the minute he flies out of Sharn, though. I think I think his connection to the Orm is gone. But maybe he's got another group that he's been cultivating inside of the Mornland. Maybe he's working with the you know the Lord of Blades. Right? Could be that he goes to the Lord of Blades and says, hey. You know, he's been lying to everybody. Why wouldn't he lie to them, too? Right? He's a great villain. I'm, I'm enjoying my, my Leto Skull villain. So, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a trick. Yeah, I think I've talked about that enough. Yeah, I, I think you guys got my point. Uh, so, Goldbright and the Night Sky. Um, uh, so, location. Oh, so the streets, right? Sharn uh, Sky Docks? So the sky docks, uh, and this one actually um, should go up here, because that's kind of the next, when they, they, they got to go steal the Goldbright at the Sky Docks. And monsters, uh, these are you know, who's protecting the Goldbright? Uh, and I think the Goldbright is protecting by guards and veterans. Maybe a mage. So they have to figure out how to get past the Goldbright. they are probably not going to be a lot of fighting in this one. There's not a lot of villains. Um, and, um, yeah, so then I, oh, and there's still more Jack There's always Jack Uh, we never did throw Tarkin on assassins. They probably signed to send some Tarkin assassins at the character. The characters have anything, the character, uh, yeah. So maybe Leto's still trying to get the Dodecahedron and he sent some Tarkanon. Uh some tarkanon Assassins after the characters. That'd be pretty that'd be pretty cool. Um I like them. If you haven't seen tarkanon Assassins. Uh you know, I never use my other window these days, I realized. I should use that other window. Tarkonon Assassin. These guys are nasty. They're only CR2, and the characters are seventh level. So it'd take a whole lot. I think we're gonna go with real assassins, right? We're gonna we're gonna make like powerful on assassins that are assassins, actual assassins, uh, with spell cast with spellcasting abilities. Because you know, da- oh wow, CR eight. Yeah, it's because of the damage. All right, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. It's fine. We're cool. Um, oh, wrong wrong area. Do good, dink and link. And there we go. Um, gloves are off at level seven, boy. At seven, they're going to be doing tons of stuff. Throw five assassins at them. It's one round of spike damage; they'll be fine. Yeah, I think it's more. Well, yes, yeah, the assassinate is really bad, but they do the they have the poison on their blades. You can take the poison away and add, you know, put other things on there. Um, like, I don't know that Tarkinon would use poison. I think they'd be more likely to use spells. So you just give them, and and the cool bit is because they are uh aberrant dragon marks you give them whatever spell you want improved invisibility um fire shield you know put whatever you want on them they're targeting on you can give them any spells they have right And they all have different ones um so that's kind of a fun thing to do so uh yeah they have the ability to kill someone in one round and then they're manageable yeah their their they're, their cr is very high given all of their abilities except for the fact that they can assassinate and they have poison damage on the assassinate and it's like 150 points of damage um i need badly uh i don't know that dyson has any uh he you know the funny thing about dyson he doesn't like drawing ships he mentioned this he said like he has very few ship maps um and he has no airship maps so uh i need to go to the to the raw googles um I think there is a good, um, uh, I think there is a good, uh, Reddit forum, uh, for airships, but let's take a look here. So, oh, yeah, there's a good one from, that's kind of a cool one. I need multiple floors because it's like a heist. Oh, you know what I can do? I can steal the, well, except it's a, I think it's a wreck. Um, but there's no reason I can't use the maps from Ghost of Salt Marsh. Right? When well, what's the difference? Who cares? That's a cool one. Do you see that one? Look at this thing. That is wild. Wow, fifty bucks. That's not that's not very much. I'm not buying it, but cause it, that is awesome. Isn't that a cool? Look at that thing. That is wild. Uh Uh, let, uh if I was playing a home game again, I would totally buy that. But uh I'm not playing a home game and I can just use maps online. If we go to D Beyond, we go to Adventure Sources, Adventures, Ghosts of Salt Marsh. And we I think they have uh are all of the ship I think they have a bunch of ship maps in here. A bigger ship. A bigger ship map. Not bad. I think that's it for their ship maps. Um, is there one called the Emperor of the Waves? Is that the one from Salvage Operation? think so yeah i'm pretty sure this is some salvage operation um but this is not a bad one i think we might use this one um uh this is a good one for a ship as dungeon right i actually used this one um as a, uh, I use this one for my other group in Eberron when they went to a ship. So I'm going to use it here. So what what this will be, that will be the deck of the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the night, where is it? Uh, come on. I know I have a the night sky. So we'll go to night sky and we'll paste, um, can I embed the image? that work hey look at that it worked uh, yeah so like emperor waves is from salvage operation and it's a cool ship as uh ship as dungeon lots of rooms to explore lots of places to go uh, i think that that will work out nicely and in this case the forecastle and the quarter deck will be internal to the ship it's actually sealed up above and uh i don't know what powers it uh so then I only need one other map. And I think the map of the whoops. So I got that one. Um let's look at the map for uh the other one. So let's go to the table of contents and we go to Sinister Secret. The Sea Ghost. We use the map for the sea ghost. Reuse, man. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. So this could this is kind of big for the Goldbrite though. I think the Goldbrite is like a yacht, right? I mean, this is a big yacht. But it's 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 yeah, it's pretty big. This is a big ship. So I think that um maybe I'll use that. But let me look at the I think there was another smaller ship, wasn't there? I want like a yacht. And these are all I don't know that these will work. That's not so bad. We'll use this guy. Wow, it's it's a four-decker. I don't think they've got good maps of these. They don't have player versions. Oh, it's big enough. Okay, so we're going to grab that. And uh, the Goldbright. um that'll be the map of the Bright. Cool. All right. So I got some maps. Um, is there anything else? I got, oh my God, I got no time left. Uh let's just make sure I've got everything else. I got uh so I got my scenes, I got my secrets and clues. Uh I don't know when and where Oh, I know. So they'll be going after the Goldbright, and that's when the Tarquinon assassins will, will go. So I think like they'll have a fun, you know, they'll have a fun my arm rests on my chair are off. Um they'll have a fun, like have to get past the guards to get on the ship and bang while they're getting guards. Tarkanon assassins attack and that will be at the sky docks that'll be on this map so that they're getting to the docks here and it'll be right around this area where the Tarkanon assassins are going to jack them up um that could be fun and maybe like assassins and a mage we're gonna really go seventh level on them so lots of lots of nasty dudes are going to attack that are all house Tarkanon that Leto Skull hired uh so that'll work that'll work well uh, let me go back to my notes and just make sure let's see here. So I've got my, um, scenes, we've got my secrets. Uh, I still want to figure out the Saber's teacher. I'll figure that off, out off screen. Um, monsters, uh, I have guards of veterans. Oh yeah. The target on assassins, uh, mage, um, who else is bad veterans? So, uh, assassins, mages, and veterans are probably a good, uh, don't forget the nukes. Yeah. Uh, treasure. I think they're, they're fine on treasure. I don't think I'm going to worry about treasure. And then I got my little scratch pad for running the game. So I've got everything I need. One, one little, little tidbit I'll do here is I go to my Avray and discord commands and my Sunday initiative thing here and grab that, um, I think I tried this, and it didn't work. Uh, I think even when I tried pasting it into code. You know what I have to do is I have to like open up another. Yeah, it screws it up. So we'll try. Uh, oh, weird. Whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. I think I tried that last time. It didn't work then either. So, yeah, I feel like I've got everything I really need uh, to run today's game. So I'm going to thank everybody for coming today. Uh, I always appreciate uh, all the fine chat in Twitch. Thank you to the 50 people. 50 people came to watch today. That's awesome. Uh, Thank you all for coming and watching the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, next week we will see how things went. So thank you very much. Have a great day and uh, get out there and play some D&D.